Hello, and welcome on this tour of our new exhibit at the museum. Uh, uh, if you'll follow me, uh, here is our first piece. I, I hope you can enjoy the uh, all of the uh, homosexual overtones in the piece of artwork. It truly is absolutely amazing, stunningly beautiful. The, the use of lines and, and colour, it's very bold and stark. I, I love how, how, how queer it is. Indeed. Uh, now, uh, you'll see through here, there's an exhibit of people talking about their weeks and the things they've done and exhibiting skits and silly voices. Yes, absolutely. It's 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 just a delight to the senses. One 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 observes it on, on so many levels. It gets right into one's soul. It's, it's it's most pleasant, I must say. Fantastic. And now, last in our exhibit, you will see some people who you have never seen before. Now, with that, that concludes our tour of the queer and pleasant strangers exhibit. Marvelous, marvelous. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Aris Mackinac. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do some skits and make each other do a giggle and have a have a good old time. That's us. How's your week been? It's been good. Busy. It's Very busy. It's been busy. It has been it has busy. Been busy. Uh, we, we did that McCum. Yeah, we were at MCM Comic Con London. Yep. For, I was there for three days. You were sort of... In and back on two of the days. On two of the days, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good old time. It was, yeah, it was, it was lovely to see so many, many amazing cosplays and and beautiful artwork and and furries. So many cute furries. So many cute furries. Got to meet some lovely fans. Yeah, got to meet some lovely fans. We 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 got to meet uh, Jenny and I can't remember who they were with. I apologise. And, yeah. and and many of your fans. <laughs> Indeed, it was a. There, there was a good couple of Wario's there. I thought were very impressive. Yeah, yes, indeed. It was a really yeah. good look. It was, a, it was a lovely old time. You, you know, got interviewed. Had... Oh yeah, I got interviewed. Uh, a fan came and brought me a lovely uh, pin of a trans moth. It was lovely. That uh, is a really cute pin. Indeed, I need to decide where to put that pin. It is lovely. Uh, I got. Have it to hand. Uh, it is in my my case at the second, so I unfortunately don't have it to hand. But okay. should we put in the show notes, perhaps? Yeah, we'll give them a shout out in the show. We'll give them a shout out in the show notes. These are good, uh, and one of your friends got the uh, the buy version. Indeed, got a trans. I buy. had stopped to look at the trans moth earlier in the day and oh, been like, "I'll come back to this. I need to come back to this." And then the store a store owner was like, "Aha! I know you have a bin." I was like, "Oh." It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of our, a lot of my things from this week are MCM things. Mm, same. At least a fair few same. of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with what we played this week? As I think is only, only right and traditional, dear. Indeed. Um, so, a thing that I've played this week, uh, and this is a thing I played at MCM, mm. I played a Doctor Who themed escape room puzzle. Doctor Whomsterdove. Doctor Whomsterdove. Uh, so this was not a full escape room. If anyone's not done an escape room, they're generally about an hour long experiences. There's a series of puzzles. One will lead to the clues to the next, to the clues to the next. Mm -hmm. And eventually you hopefully escape the room and, and it, all sorts of things. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, often they're themed and they have actors involved and they're all sort of set up to a particular topic. This was not a full escape room. This was on the floor at MCM and it was a sort of teaser puzzle for a, a, a company that is making a full Doctor Who escape room in early 2019. Mm -hmm. 
and I must say I was I was very impressed with this uh, sort of short demo that mm. they had there. You were um, very excited about the uh, sonic screwdriver. Right? Yeah, so the, the general idea is <laughs> I was walked into this thing that looked like a small office cubicle. Yeah. Um, it was definitely like, we have limited space, we're going to try and wedge this in. So it was a tiny office cubicle with very tiny doors to get in and out. Mm. Um, and on one wall was painted just like this portal. And we were given a letter that was like, hey, it's the doctor, I need your help. This this portal that is a painting on the wall and is not going to change um, is going to activate and a bunch of Cybermen are going to come through it if you don't stop the Cybermen. Uh, so basically, it was there was a Sonic... Uh, the doctor's new design Sonic screwdriver was on top of this, uh, this cube and it had all Cyberman designs on it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away the solutions to the things, but it was a lot of puzzles that involved using this... Very multi-purpose sonic screwdriver prop to do... As the sonic screwdriver should be. Yeah, to do multiple things in this challenge room. So, like, I'll give an example. It worked as an electromagnet, so when you held down the button and it made its sonic screwdriver sound, you could, like, magnetise this ball bearing through this track uh, that you you couldn't touch, but you could use the magnet to get it around. Um, There were a bunch of things that you had to activate with the sonic screwdriver... It was it was a really fun, frantic experience. It was very short. You had a very short time limit to be like, right, there's like five puzzles and not enough time to do them. Go, 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 go. Okay. And were you in there on your own or were there? Uh, I, was, I was in there with a friend called Ellie, who uh, I usually will meet around conventions. I met them for the first time at Amicon when I was mm-hmm. there earlier this year. Spent some time with them in MCM. They were lovely. Mm-hmm. Ellie has good hair. Indeed. But uh, we... Oh no, different Ellie, not blue-haired not Ellie. Not blue-haired Ellie. No, this okay. is this is different Ellie. This Do I know is this Ellie? no, you didn't meet oh, okay. this Ellie. I I caught up with them on Sunday, so uh-huh. you weren't around when I met. I'll show you a picture of them later. Okay. This this is the Ellie that at Amicon one night, very late at night, um, I sat down and had a lovely chat with while I was a bit inebriated. Yay! Um, we had a lovely time. They were very. They were very classy about the fact that I was very messy at the time. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it was a really fun little challenge. Um, so I'm aware of what happens if you f- if you fail to complete this escape room. They have a rationale for why the portal hasn't opened. It's by completing as much of the cube as you did, you bought the Doctor some time so that she could fix it from her end. Uh... So that that's the rationale if you fail. But yeah, it... It was a fun little experience, and I'm definitely. I need to find out. I know that they've got. They're going to be having this escape room in London as well as a couple of other places. Ooh. I would definitely be interested in checking this out. Well, I've never done an escape room, so I would be up for that too. Yeah, I, the nerdos along. I I would love to do that sometime. Like the 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 only reason I've not I don't do escape rooms more often is, it's. It's a price, like, the price to entry per person is enough that, like, it can be awkward to invite people along to, because it's, yeah. you're usually, you can pay for it. yeah, you're usually looking at about £20 a person okay. um, for an hour, an hour of, like, immersive puzzle experience, and they're, like, very memorable. Like, I would usually say I definitely get my money's worth out of that, but mm. definitely considering, like, we've been to events where for, like, 20 quid you get a whole night's entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's sometimes a difficult sell, but mm. I would love to do an escape room with you sometime. Let's I, do it. I think you would enjoy doing one, so oh. we'll have to see what we can do. Um, 
So yeah, that was that was a nice thing. Like too often at MCM, I just kind of wander around and meet people, and I don't actually like participate in activities. This is the first time I've sort of really met people. Yeah, <laughs> it it was nice for me to participate in a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, what about you? What you played? I've been having a go at that Starlink battle for Atlas. I oh. had some thoughts. You can find them on Stone Monkey Radio. <laughs> I have been playing and I've almost caught up with you with <laughs> yes, I mm, I also have thoughts. My thoughts have differed from last week when I first had thoughts. Yeah. Um well, my thoughts have first differed from say my first ten hours with that game. Basically the first two planets. Yeah, first two planets I was like, yay, this is good. And I think even up to the third planet. Like, I think it was something that happened sort of after I'd basically finished the third planet. Yeah, so... And, and also, by the time I'd sort of finished the third planet, I was going, this is getting a bit samey. So, I... When I talked about this last week, I would, I'd, like, 100% the first planet. I'd sort of just gotten to the second planet. And I was very, very positive on this game. Mm. I was having a great time. I was enjoying exploring space. And... Mm, so when, uh, around the end of the third planet, mm, microtransactions happens. Mm, kind of, kind, yeah, kind like, of. You don't have to buy them, but, but things, like, um... If you want to play the game we, the, the way we were playing it, you have to. Y- well, you don't have to. They're, they're, yeah, I suppose if you want 100% everything, yeah. you're going to need more stuff. I, I I I tried to do as much research as I could on this um, before putting up the article, and I still couldn't quite work it out by the end. But I think you basically need three new pilots or three pilots that you can't get um, that that aren't sort of default. Yeah. Maybe two if you've got the digital edition, but certainly three if you've got the physical copy in in any version. Yeah. Um. And then you would need uh, at least two extra weapons, one gravity, one levit- levitation, as far as I can tell so far. Yes. I, know, I know there's a couple of other weapon types, but I think those are the main four elements. Yeah, so the big issue we had is we we both were uh, provided copies of the physical edition on Switch, yeah. which comes with the really nice model of the, the R-Wing. It's very, very nice. It's a very nice model. Don't know if it's nice enough to justify the negatives that came with it. <laughs> Um, and that version comes with like two pilots and like one physical toy ship and one digital ship as well. Mm-hmm. And you get the fire and the ice weapons, and you can interact with things that need fire or ice weapons. Yep. Uh, if you buy the digital version, you don't get the toy, but you do get one of every weapon type, I believe. Uh, as far as I can tell, you get one of every weapon type, which means that you can interact with all of the things you find across space that require certain weapon types, like. Ah, here is one of the spires that you can't complete because you don't have a gravity weapon. Yeah, or or here is a chest you can't open because you haven't got uh, gravity or or levitation. I wouldn't be bothered if it was just the chests, because the chests aren't, like, on your list of here is your 100% completion rank for the planet. They they are, because they represent the salvage from the ships. Oh, sorry, yeah. Okay, what I meant was, like, if it was just the sh- the chest, like, we-, we came across that one gravity chest in space. Yes. It wouldn't bother me if it was things like that, where it's like, I can't have whatever's in the chest, but on the planets I can still do all the objectives to get my 100% on the planet. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I feel like we got screwed over by having the physical version because... I think anyone who bought the, the physical yeah. version has been screwed over. Yeah. Because the, the, the digital version comes with four ships, six pilots, 12 weapons. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Switch version comes with uh, an extra physical and digital ship, an yeah. extra physical and digital pilot, um, and then like all the bonus Star Fox missions. Yeah. See, here's here's the thing. What I think would have been a fairer model for this is forget about the whole buy these things piecemeal. Hmm. Have well, the things that came in the digital version, that's what happens in all versions. Yep. You pay a little extra for the physical because you want the toy. Yeah. That would have felt a lot fairer. But here yes. it's like, the physical version, you pick that up because it's like, oh, this this is the one with the fancy ship, uh, like, toy and things. Like, this feels like the version that I should be going for. Like, the yeah. one that... I am the good consumer for purchasing this version because this is the the fancy version. And as I think you've mentioned before, like um, for Nintendo fans, having a, a, a model of the yeah, the R wing that is that nice. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I wasn't gonna turn down a really nice model of the R wing. Like they really sold that R wing model. Like mm. if you go back to E three, like yeah. it's like they presented one to Miyamoto yeah. and like. It's it it was sold as this big thing. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you've sold me on this. I'll get it. And I feel like I lost out by getting it. Yeah, I, I feel like I've 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 got friends who pre-ordered that version. Yeah. And like a couple of days before release were starting to they'd obviously done a bit more research or read something. Yeah. And were starting to come to the conclusion that they'd been really dicked over. Yeah. Like it it's a real fucking shame because I was really enjoying the game up until the point where it's like, ah, ah, they want me to buy additional things, mm. and the, the prices for them physically are a bit more than I was expecting. Twenty five quid for a new fucking ship. Yeah, or nine ninety nine digitally. Yeah, even that, it's like nine ninety nine to unlock a thing that people yeah. got for free in the fucking digital version. Well, yeah, but the the value of the ones that you unlocked in the digital version are a bit different. Because a lot of those are um, Equinox class pilots. Yeah. So they all they don't really cover enough areas. Uh, you do get, I think it's um, the uh, yeah, bounty hunter character. I can't remember. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think they can unlock a specific shade. Shade. Is it? Yes. Yeah, and I think they can uh, un- experience with them can unlock, unlock certain unlocks for the Equinox mothership. Yeah. But, like, the, there's other ones, like, you need the merchant guy to unlock yeah. something. Like, I feel like the version of this game that people should be playing, if they want to play it, is the Digital Deluxe Edition yeah. that's like, here's fucking everything. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to go all out, I think it's like seventy eight ninety nine for the Which the is only, deluxe. like, £9 more than the physical version with the R-Wing. Yeah. And, um, and I think the digital digital ver- the digital standard version is like fifty eight pounds. Yeah, like as fun as the gimmick of the and, and as nice as it is to have the ship, mm. I feel like I'm having a worse gameplay experience for that. Yeah, and the the other thing is like since I've started encountering more of those gravity chest gravity yeah. enemies, I I j- all I'm doing is sitting there the whole time while I'm trying to play it, going, do I want to spend nine ninety nine to fix this? Yeah, and. Here's the thing, I've not reached that point and I'm already like, I might just put this game down before I get to that point so that like all the time I had with it was positive. Yeah. I don't want to reach the point where it sucks. Like, 
I'm not gonna lie. I've emailed Ubisoft to be like, "Hey, can I get <laughs> like, can I get some review codes <laughs> for like the shit to finish this game?" Because I, otherwise, like, if I don't hear back from them, I don't get anything. I like, even if I do, I'm still gonna fucking slam them for this. But I'm like, let me fucking see what the end of this game is like. Yeah. Don't be like, here's your review copy. Oh, you can't 100% the review copy. I think you can but... still... I, 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 as far as I understand it, you can get to the end of the game. Yeah, but you can't 100% it. Which, you, can't, like... you can't 100% it, and <laughs> you can't... Um, you can't, like... Uh, unlo- well, yeah, you can't yeah. unlock all of the, the and, uh, upgrades on the Equinox. That's, that's the way I was enjoying playing it, because those planets are, like, they're big, but yeah. they're not so big that 100%ing them is an impossible task. Mm. Like... I was really enjoying do a quick scan of the planet, find all the things, get your vision up, work out what's where, complete all the objectives, mm-hmm. move on to the next one. Yeah. And I've gone from being really positive on that game to being really sour on it because mm. of the version I have. Mm. Um, yeah, same. Like I, I was so ready to be like, this is brilliant, more of this game, I'm really, really excited mm. about it. And then sort of like, I'd, I'd done my third planet, it's like, well, this isn't very much variety. And then the next bit of variety I found was quite interesting. And then they threw a fucking jumping puzzle in. Oh, I which didn't... I had to get you to do for me. I, I, I didn't have too much trouble with that jumping puzzle. You've never been good at jumping I've puzzles. I've never been good at jumping puzzles. And like, it's it, I would say it was worse than FPS jumping puzzles. Because that I... ship slides around. I don't know. The fact that you can hover and like... Just hover and land down makes it better for me. I found it way too slidey. Uh, I disapprove. So, so yeah, our, our thoughts on Starlink were very positive and then they weren't. And you should read Jane's thoughts. On StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Indeed, and I will have I some... That's something quite funny. I will probably have some thoughts up by the time that this podcast goes up. Um, It's been a busy work week. We're only on Tuesday. Oh, I know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, have you played anything else? Uh, I think you should probably do the next one because you've got way more than me. Oh, have I? Um, yeah. Right. Uh, so I've been playing more Pokemon Go uh, this week. Um, I've been doing a quest to try and get uh, a Pokemon called Spiritum. Spirit. 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 I think it's called. Um, in in the, the the lore of the shows, it's like, ah, it's combined of 108 souls from Pokemon. Um, so in order to go catch it, I had to catch 108 Pokemon using berries. And then the second stage of the quest was, hey, once again, catch 108 Pokemon using berries. Oh, heck. So I ended up using 216 balls and berries to catch this one Pokemon. And... I can't help but feel like they were just trying to make me run down my items so that I would want to buy more. Like, thankfully, I play this game so fucking often that, like, I had the backlog to handle it. I have, like, 30 balls left and, like, 20 berries. It's not great, but... Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it feels a bit cheap. Like, the previous special research quests that they've done have all... Have all felt like they were challenging me to do interesting things, and this one just felt like it was trying to, yeah, just trying to like grind down my resources, which was not great. But I got the Pokemon, so huzzah! I got them on. What yeah. was the mon? 
Uh, Spiritum. 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 Yeah, it's like a ghost thing. It's got a swirly ghost face. Ooh. Uh, is that one of the creepy Pokemon with like terrifying backstories? Yeah, it's it, it's made up of like a hundred and eight souls that are all merged together. Ooh. Uh, it's it's just like a mass of souls, but. No, but it felt a little bit cheap that special research task. I was, mm. I was not best impressed with it. And I would imagine that people who don't play quite as aggressively as you might have really struggled to get that much oh, stuff. Oh God, yeah, no, like a hundred and eight berries, uh, like berry captured Pokemon, seemed like a tall ask by itself before they made me do it a second time. Yeah, and also you've got like maxed out friends list pretty much, yeah. so you can do lots of like. Gift giving and things. Exactly. I've got the resources to do it, but it still felt cheap. Yeah, um, and somebody with with less option for that probably yeah. would have either really struggled or just completely failed. Yeah. Uh, other Trading, than other than that, I caught a bunch of uh, unknowns, which are the Pokemon shaped like letters. Have you got a full alphabet yet? I've not got a full alphabet, but they had a bunch uh, for MCM weekend. Uh, I believe they were the letters that spell out London. I believe they had MCM as well, or it might have been Comic Con. MC London. Might have been MCM or it might have been Comic-Con, but they also had the letters for London. I caught a bunch of letters I didn't have, so that was good. Nice. Yeah. What else have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a bit of uh, Reigns Game of Thrones. Oh, how are you getting on with that? I'm enjoying it. Um, I Part of my problem is that I only watched like two seasons of Game of Thrones. And yeah. I'm bored with it. This is what I was wondering, is like, how accessible is this if... You're aware of the type of universe it is, but you don't know the core lore. Um, I would say that once you've played like a few rounds, you can get a pretty good feel for it. Mm. Uh, like, um, I think you start off as Daenerys. Oh, so the one character whose story I found interesting. Yeah, um, and and she's sitting on the Iron. Th- she's or she's just, literally just taken up the Iron Throne. Um, it's standard reigns, basically the the. Uh, Tinder of yeah, uh, swipe left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right to make decisions and try not to get killed by maxing out or bottoming out any of your four yeah. options. I one thing I will say, I'm not super up to date on Game of Thrones, but I think the fact that Daenerys is on the Iron Throne means that this is set like very, very like up to date with the show. I have no idea. Like, she, I, was, she was being imprisoned with her dra- dragons, baby dragons, when I last saw the show. Yeah, I think I I this is me fucking guessworking. I think from context that she got on the Iron Throne like very recently in the show. Well, good for so, her. <laughs> It feels like this might be like potential spoiler territory playing Oops, this sauce. game. Well, no, I mean, I, d- I don't know if it's canon because like Jon Snow gets on the Iron Throne as well, and um, oh, okay, I don't, um, I, I didn't think that happened. Maybe this is just weirdly non-canon. Basic, basically, who, whoever you play as, yeah, uh, be- is is taking the Iron Throne at oh. the beginning of the thing. So maybe that's not. A May- thing. Maybe I'm wrong, and Daenerys never gets the Iron Throne in the books or the show. I was like, I think that's a thing. It might be. I don't know enough Game of Thrones. I don't know either. It's, um, it's too long and complicated for me. I, I, I believe Winter actually came at some point. I believe that's, so. That's how out of such um, a certain character died, and then I think they came back to life, and then they kissed their aunt. Cause, that sounds like, like Game of Thrones. That's very Game of Thrones, isn't it? Um, yeah. So it's it's like it's it's a spin on the old Reigns games. So you do have that option of like your your players. As one character, and then slowly as you you 
sort of go through, you'll meet other characters, and then there'll be optional uh, to play as through your next game. So I've mm. played as... Um, um, I've played as Daenerys, I've played as Jon Snow, I've played as some other character I can't remember. Um, Does who you play as change up the gameplay particularly? Um, slightly. There are sort of different interactions that you will have as a result of, 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 of who you're playing as. And their sort of relationships with other people, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it, it seems to be that playing a certain characters allows you to get the um, little achievements that is always sort of a good way of guiding yourself through the Reigns games. Okay. Because um, you've usually got like three achievements at the bottom that you've got to try and, and yeah. go for, and that will expand progress and add more cards to the deck. Okay. Um, I've unlocked about four characters so far. It looks like there's nine. Okay, um, I'm I'm enjoying it. I enjoy Reigns. Reigns is a great yeah. game, and although like I've struggled a bit. I've worked most of the stuff out based on context. So, as someone that enjoys Reigns and wanted more Reigns. The fact that you're not a big Game of Thrones person wasn't a barrier to you enjoying this. No, not a huge barrier. Like initially, you are just meeting people as, and and also you don't won't know like rules and things. Yeah. Like you won't understand like who is the Lord of Whispers? Why do I care? Is that important? <laughs> and also, like all Reigns games, you go, what do these icons actually mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, all I know is from previous Reigns games, don't max them out or bottom them out, or you're gonna die. Okay. But you get to collect all the unique deaths from ending your reigns, so there, there's always that with reigns. Yeah. What else have you played? Uh, I finally got around to playing episode two of Paranormal, which Ooh, is that... you're in that. It's that dating sim, what has a character loosely based on me in it. Oh, Ooh, that, was a, that was a burp. Um, oh my. Yeah, so I played episode two, um... There is, here's what I'll say about the second episode of that game. The first episode was a lot of setup, a lot of introducing characters, a lot of get to know the cast and the wider story, but not necessarily have much choice about how to spend your time. It was a fairly linear first experience. Episode two definitely gives you more branching options. Um, there's a lot more scope to replay episode two in the episode two gives you a lot of options of who to spend your time with. Okay. Um, so, for example, I've played through episode two once, and mm-hmm. I focused on spending all my time with Laura K. Buzz, because that I... sounds slightly masturbatory. <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm curious about how this game is presenting me, and I need to, like, I need to check that I can, like, sign off on all this. Um, I suppose you, you have rather given quite a lot of I've, I've given, power to these I've people. I've given a lot of creative leeway to um, Tess Young, who was the developer. I've just basically been like, here's... I, I think the sort of overall over-under I gave to them was like, hey, um, I'm, I'm sort of, I guess, biopan, um, uh, I have autism, I'm on the autism spectrum, I, socially I, anxious. I'm socially anxious, I, did, I explained what stimming was, uh, I eat a lot of junk food, and I do roller derby, I th- and like, I'm, I'm big on the computers and tech things. Hmm. I think that was about all I gave her as a blueprint, and... She's done a really good job. Yeah. Um, at one point, you can talk to another character about how Laura spends her time on the computers in the library. It's like, oh yeah, sometimes it's homework, sometimes it's looking at funny cat videos. Once I walked over and she was just looking at her butt. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this Hit you. this game gets me. <laughs> just looking um, at butts. Yeah, just looking at butts. Um, so yeah, it it was it was interesting. It's definitely. It's definitely an exaggerated version of some of my traits, but yeah. like the core of the representation's there, and it's really like it's really nice the way that they've handled 
autism spectrum representation. Mm. Um, I sort of maintained this from episode one. Um, their presentation of s- social anxiety and stimming and difficulty opening up with new people sometimes, depending mm. on the context, has just been really... It's been really well handled. Nice. Um, it's definitely not a one-for-one me. No. But... It's it's believable to the sort of... There are experiences where I'm like, I can empathise with these things. Mm. Um, so, like, a great example is in episode two, you can go down a route where basically Laura's like, hey, so I'm getting on really well with this person I met online, but I'm terrified about meeting them in person in case they don't like me because social anxiety and... What if I I can do the online talking, but what if I can't do the face to face talking? I can't do the face to face talking. High five! But like the that that kind of stuff is like okay, that's that's yeah. There there is I like I like the way the character has been written. So mm. I I approve, and I need to go back through this a couple more times and find out what happens if I spend time with all the other people because yeah. there's a lot of cool people in that. Yeah. But yeah, th- unlike the first one where I could do one playthrough and like see everything, mm. this time it's like, ah, who do you want to sit with in the gym? Who do you do you want to go on the adventure? Like, there's a there's an expedition that the paranormal club goes to take Ooh. to go on a mission somewhere. I never saw what was on that because I went to stay with Laura, who was in the library researching. Like, there's a bunch of shit I don't know about in that game, and I'm excited to find out more. Nice, nice, nice. Where can we get Paranormal Activity? Uh, Paranormal is on... I don't believe it's Paranormal Activity. I think it's just Paranormal. uh, Is on itch.io. And, uh, yeah, just search for uh, for Paranormal. It's like Paranormal, but with an I in it. Um, Yeah, have you played anything else? No, not this week. I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then, time for this. Have you committed a crime and not been caught? Yep. Then you're eligible to take part in our new, ultra-difficult Escape the Room puzzle. I love Escape the Room. Taking up to a lifetime to solve, the puzzle features realistic actors and costs nothing, no matter the group size of criminals that you come with. Try it free today! Parents. Do you find yourself struggling for what to give the kids? What to give the working class in your family? Have you tried new Soylent Gold? It's the delicious, moist, cakey, melt-in-the-mouth treat for all the working class. Let your family eat cake. Let them eat Soylent Gold. It's made of rich people. (laughs) So, what have you watched this week? Uh, well, have I watched? That's a very good question. I should probably have had my notes up before. I... <laughs> um, yeah, I we 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 sat down a couple of weeks ago and watched, or or a little about a week and a half ago, and watched the first episode of the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Oh yes. Did while we... you were away, and while I was fashioning my Halloween costume, <laughs> I sat down and watched the rest of the Curious did, Creations. Did we Christ- did we talk about that first episode last week? I don't week, believe we, we did. Okay. I believe we brought it up. But... Should I mention my thoughts on episode one before you do the rest of the season, I suppose? Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of like a a very high-end like crafts and housewares show that is gothic themed and also has skits and a plot in it. Yeah. Is that a fair way of describing it? Like that 
there's a weird there's a weird dichotomy in that first episode that I wasn't sure how I felt about because mm. it it very much was switching back and forth between here is horror show about like ah a werewolf came to the mansion ah, how how are they going to fit into the house and the other half is like I'm a 1920s uh, housewife yeah it seemed like I'm a <laughs> 1920s housewife with a gothic teenage son and I would really like to use my infinite free time and skill to create gothic things that my son will think are really cool um so like there are things about that show that like just I couldn't get over little details like the one that got me is she builds this (laughs) this cake of a fucking giant gothic mansion and it's amazing it's got like monster eyes and teeth and it gets knocked on the floor by one of these monsters and she goes ah it's okay I've got another one just waiting in the fridge because as a good housewife I always have a second prepared I'm as like, a good hostess she doesn't uh, say housewife okay the, the the tone implied good housewife like let's be fair it was it was 1920s housewife tone. I mean the, it, that was the, certainly the vibe it, but she doesn't ever describe herself as a housewife no but like the vibe is is as a housewife as, as, as someone who lives at home and does many many things around the home um, yeah, as no, someone who is an awesome girl yeah, first of it was like, how do you fit that cake in your fridge? She talks about fitting the cake. <laughs> this, you this just pop it back in the fridge. Pop it back in the fridge. And then, oh yeah, I always make a second one just in case. So, yeah. The, the fuck? Are, who, what is this show for? Um, who well, is like, this show for? Nerds, like, sort of mini goths like me. Like, I'm not, like, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm, I'm, I'm full goth. Like, I love the aesthetic. I, I, I love the sort of, a lot of the things around goth. I like a lot of the music, but like, I don't have it in me to, to yeah. go full goth all the time. I, I've got friends that constantly wear like beautiful goth clothing. I, I and was... live in houses filled with like coffins that have been converted into bookshelves and have swords and stuff and, I... and skulls everywhere. I was, I was full goth once upon a time and then I realised that colour's quite fun. Um, but Same. like, here's the thing. I, I, I'm ragging on it a bit. I enjoyed that first episode. It was just, I think it was just that my brain was like, this isn't what I'm expecting. No, it was it, a real cognitive dissonance. Yeah, it's the like, two halves of the show didn't feel like they meshed together. Yeah. And it was quite jarring. And I was like, Maybe if I watch more and I know what to expect, it'll be less jarring. Especially when the other members of the household, like, any time she starts talking to camera and then going, and today we're going to make um, edible bones, yeah. was, was was one of the first episode. And I think, was it the first thing she makes in that show? I mean, she's like, edible bones, and she's talking about oh, making them out of pretzels, and you'll need this bit and that bit, and, and like... It looks like it's going to be, like, a really basic thing. And then, and then she's, she's talking about, like, three hours of, like, refreezing and, oh, and sculpting and then airbrushing. You, you and... need, like, like potter's tools. Yeah. You need to just have potter's tools around the house. Well, and I mean, we've got potter's tools around the house. Do we? Yes. Um, but the thing that got me about that one is she starts off describing it like, oh, let's just make, you know, your kids got up and, and they're craving a midnight snack. You can just whip this one together. Three hours after they fancy a midnight snack, you can provide them one incredibly detailed fake bone. As someone who likes making stuff, especially sort of creepy stuff, I really liked a lot of the ideas in that show. In fact, I'm, I've just, I'm, I've got plans to use uh, one of the, the ideas used in that show to um, work on my Halloween costume for tomorrow. 
Yeah. Uh, because I need some eyelids, and one of the things was talking about taking like some greaseproof paper and painting latex onto that, yeah. or, or whatever you're going to use onto that, having drawn an outline so you can make a perfect little shape to fit over it. Because I'm going to wear fake uh, a fake yeah. eyeball glued to my head at some point. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I agree that these are all really cool craft projects, but just like the weird dissonance of how they're presented. It was just weird. Like, I think yeah. I'd love to watch those videos as isolated things, and yeah. the program as an isolated thing. Yeah, but... the, 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 the outside plot gets weird. <laughs> it's a very odd show. Like, I, I don't want to give spoilers for anyone, but, like, she starts chatting to this, or starts seemingly dating this guy who she meets at the graveyard while visiting her aunt or grandma, who is, in fact, dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I need to watch more of this because you seem to be really into I mean, it in spite of its weird dissonance. It is weird. It is dissonant. She ha- is, has a really slightly unearthly quality about her, which I think is quite fascinating. Yeah, like that that first episode it wasn't boring. Like I'm not. <laughs> like it was certainly interesting. It kept my attention. Yeah, and like I guess that's enough that I should probably give it another look. Like it. It was fascinating. Um, I can understand that it's not going to be for everyone, but like, I, I, and although like a lot of those projects are just impossible for someone with standard household facilities, like it was quite nice to go. Ah, oh, but I could maybe do like something, some part of this, if yeah. not the whole. It's... Um, I could, you know, learn stuff like that, and that, that there is that aspect to it from, from a like yeah. a horror creator type if, person. If you had my sort of experience at the first episode, is it worth pushing through that dissonance? Um, I don't know. I mean, you really did not seem in that into it at all. I I enjoyed it. I just kept getting hung up on things. Yeah, and again, like Maybe bit... if you know what's coming, then yeah, maybe you'll that, find the rest more that's, interesting. That's where I'm thinking. I might watch more of it this week and get back to you all on next week's yeah, quirks. I particularly enjoyed the, the candle making. That was really cool. Yeah, you described that and it sounded really good. Yeah. How, how to make a homemade candle and then carve it to look really freaking awesome. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to commit to it. I will watch more and I will... Respond next week. Tune in next week for more quiet and pleasant strangers from beyond the stars. False teeth from beyond the stars with Roger Prentice, the apprentice dentist. It's <laughs> uh, just excuse to do voices now. <laughs> what else have you watched? I watched the entire first season of The Dragon Prince, oh. uh, which is a show on Netflix. It's a animated mm. animated show by the people that did Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes. Uh, I'm really into it. Uh, the first season is nine episodes. I think they're about half an hour each, so maybe four and a half hours at a guess uh, yeah. to get through that first season. The basic plot is you've got a world in which dragons, elves, and humans were the three races that were there, and at some point a war happened. I think it was basically the humans were the humans were scared of the power that the dragons had. So they went and killed the big, the big like head dragon. Yeah, that sounds like something uh, we do. As well as destroying its only egg, except they didn't destroy its only egg. Ooh, we'll get there in a second. Uh, so the the elves are like, "No, fuck you, humans! You're terrible! You're absolute monsters!" And cast them out to like one half of the 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 continent, and they're like, "No, you don't come across the border. You don't you don't come near us no more." Fair. Um. 
which is like fair. Humans are kind of shitty. Um, so you, you, I, I'm gonna stick to like episode one shit. Like, okay. um, the elves at some point decide like, hey, we need retribution for what happened to these dragons. We're gonna go kill the king of the humans and his son because that's retribution for killing the dragon and his son. Um, during this, we're gonna go kill them. Turns out, oh, the dragon egg is is intact. The human sons of the king and one of the elves basically go on a quest to try and get this dragon egg back to back to the elf kingdom because, Ooh. you know, symbolic gesture of like the elf could do it themselves, but it's like no, the humans have to bring this egg back because that's how you hopefully stop this war. Yeah, um, the egg is pretty. Can yeah, I watched a bit of an episode yeah. last night. That you it's, had on. it's a very it's, it's a very pretty egg. Mm. That show's really it's really nice. Um, mm. The animation style initially was a little jarring. It's yeah. it's not all hand drawn like two D animation. Mm. It's two D backdrops but three D characters, and it's a little jarring when people are talking because it's a little low frame rate, perhaps. Mm. Um, but the trade off of that is that the fighting scenes and the sense of speed and movement in action mm. is really fucking stunning. Like. Yeah. The action scenes in that show look gosh darn gorgeous. Um, I I was very appreciative of how good the action looked, and considering how good the Avatar people are at very, very well choreographed, beautiful fight scenes, mm. like that has translated really well into this three D animation style. Nice. Uh, the comedy is like very much there. It's a very similar sort of comedy to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Nice. Um, it's got the voice of uh, Sokka. Oh, um, right. Is one of the uh, the sons the sons one of the main characters? Oh, okay. Um, and the main thing I would say about this is, I think this is an easier show to recommend to people than the first season of Avatar, primarily because Avatar: The Last Airbender's first season is really slow to get its tone in place. Like, I get in. In the context of having seen the whole show, I get why it is. They want to present Aang as this character who is very naive, very much trying to shirk responsibility, doesn't want to deal with the big plot. Mm. Um, but it made it so that, like, I wrote that show off as, like, a kid's show with very little substance until right. it was... Until someone was very much like, no, stick with it. And mm. I have, I had to stick through a show that wasn't grabbing me to get to where it was good. Yeah. This from episode one is like, the driving force is there. I understood the, the dramatic tension. Mm. It definitely got, it, it wasn't like overly dark and tense or anything, but right from the start, it had the pacing of, like, later seasons of Avatar, where it was, like, it felt like it was keeping up a really good snappy tone of Mm. action, comedy, and plot progression. Nice. Um, Yeah, having finished that first season, they moved that plot to some interesting places. Mm -hmm. They had some little dark moments that were there with some of the moments from Avatar where it's, like, oh, okay, this this was unexpected for a kid's show. Like, it's not too gruesome or anything, but it's... Mm. It's a dark topic to broach. And there's a character with um, who speaks sign. Yeah, uh, very early on you meet this uh, uh, general, this like war general who speaks in sign language and has an interpreter with her. And she's like a major character through the whole first season is this 
general who speaks in sign language. And it was just like, it was so nonchalant about it mm. that it was really nice. Yeah. Um, the racial diversity in the characters is really good as well. Nice. Um, and they didn't do the thing that, like, Avatar kind of had a little bit of a problem with, where, like, hey, the white people, the good guys are from the white people place and the darker skinned oh, people gravy. are on the evil side. There's a little bit of that in Avatar. I acknowledge that. This was much more like... There was a much greater mix of ethnicities in all sides. It wasn't so, this is the land where these people are. Mm. It, it was like a... It was a more integrated society, which is nice, but... Yeah, I really fucking dug that show. Nice. I, I binged through it and I'm craving more. Oh. What about you? Have you watched anything else? Well, speaking of diversity, Ooh. in a very positive and happy way, I started watching Black Lightning. Oh, you seem to have been enjoying this I, one. I basically wanted something that I, I... I think I saw an advert for it fairly recently because I think the second season's only just started. I think we watched a trailer together. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that was it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that looks quite interesting. I didn't realise it was DC because generally I, I, after the whole Harley Quinn New 52 Volume 2, I was just like, oh, I'm fucking done with DC. Yeah, I, I thought you've it... got something good, but no. I thought it was his own standalone thing. Yeah. I didn't know it was DC connected because it looked too... It looked too good. It looked too, like, adventurous and like it was trying new things. Not quite grimdark. It wasn't yeah. rainy. It wasn't like two people crying going, your mum's name's Martha, so's mine. Oh, tears. Punch. Tears punch. It's a Martha. Big Martha. <laughs> Angry man do punch. <laughs> ah. So yeah, tell, dog, tell, us, tell us about the plot. So um, I, I've never read the comic book, so I couldn't tell you anything about that. But it, it begins with the, the, uh, the main character. He is the... Um, He's the principal of the local high school, um, where both of his daughters go as students, and he's retired from being Black Lightning. Basically, he uh, killed his nemesis, and then uh, his, his uh, currently ex-wife uh, decided that like, she couldn't stand to see him you know, constantly getting beaten and, and you know, that it, it was the risk it would, the potential damage to the family as a whole and what it would do to the kids. And he went, yeah, all right. And he, he stopped being Black Lightning, feeling that the, the world had been made a bit better yeah. by defeating his that, enemy. That, that feels a responsible choice for a father to make. And in in the time since he's retired, the, like, gangs have taken, or a gang, the 100, have sort of taken over the area. Um, you know, high school pe children are being uh, kidnapped and pimped out. Um, s seemingly within their will, um, because they're... The I don't know what it is that they've been sort of brought into the group in such a way as they're like, no, no, I, I'm not against, this isn't against my will at all. And there are concerned parents. Now, I don't know if that's being anti-sex worker or what, but um, you get the impression that there is something more sinister going on with regards to that. Uh, it's... It's it's dark. Like, they do not shy away from real current day stuff. Which is is good. Like there, there is a scene in I think it's the first episode where they're stopped by um, a couple of white police officers, 
And the the eldest daughter is like trying to film the police officers and basically dad is screaming at her going, put the phone down and put your hands on the dashboard because I think they might shoot us. Yeah. Um, the world is fucking scary. Yeah, especially if you happen to be a black person surrounded by white Nazis. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that was a, an interesting point with regards to... It is a predominantly black cast. There is like a couple of white people in it, and like the the a lot of the white extras you see are usually like the the white cops who were were dangerous. I think there's a bit with some um, white supremacists at one point, mm-hmm. and like it's like yeah, you know that's what I spend a lot of time on Twitter. That's largely what I see at the moment. Yeah, yeah. All I would need is a, th- a, a, a sort of third section of people who are represented by fairies, who are just generally quite nice and flippy and lovely. And that's the whole internet. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> Sadly. If we could just get rid of the angry white people and keep the uh, very social, um, social activist-y black people <laughs> and the fairies, I would be very happy about that. <laughs> Uh, Those are my favourite bits of Twitter. But yeah, it, it sounds. It's all thank you. But yeah, it does sound like a. It sounds like an interesting show. Like it sounds yeah. like it's. it's I don't doing things. I don't want to give spoilers, but like, um, I'm I'm like I think I'm about six and a half episodes into this. I'm enjoying it so far. I want to see more. I'm glad that the second series is happening. I say that now. I haven't got to the end of the first season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've I had a lot of trouble in the last few years of getting to the end of the first season of the show going, please don't do a sequel, please don't do a sequel, please don't do a yeah. sequel. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it sounds at the very least more more adventurous and interesting than most of what DC's been doing yeah. with live action shit. Yeah, um, there are some awesome, strong female characters in that as well. I was The, the, the ex-wife and the, the daughters are fucking hardcore. Fucking hard in, in in their own ways that I don't want to spoil, but like definitely, definitely give that a, a look. Mm. Uh, nice one, Netflix. <laughs> what else have you? Watched? I don't think I've watched anything else. Nothing else. Well, I could say we we kind of watched MCM go by when we sat down and saw it all pass yeah, by. Yeah, we saw we we saw lots of amazing cosplays. Yeah. Uh, we saw a lot, lot, just a lot of friends, a lot of things happening. We saw Cat Quest too. Yeah, we did. Uh, I played. I probably should have mentioned this and played. I, I played a little bit of it, but we watched it together. Yeah, because we couldn't get on. People it's, were taking forever. It's basically more Cat Quest. It's but two we... player Cat Quest one with nicer water effects. Yeah, and you you can play like player two is like a little white fox thing. Mm. I'll I'll play more Cat Quest if I can do it in co-op. Yeah, we we will perhaps get to play Cat Quest two together and and yeah. talk about it on the show. Yeah. I don't know if I've got anything else to mention in this section. Right then. <gasps> Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our sponsor this week? This week we're being sponsored by Hearable. <gasps> uh, quality downloadable fan fictions read by confused celebrities. Oh, I, I think we've got a, we've got a uh, little sample of one of those audiobooks right now. Yeah. I, I love you. Batman, said Edward Cullen, without a trace of emotion and wearing a constipated look. 
Kiss me, implored the Dark Knight. So if you want to know more about what happens in that story, and I, I can tell you I am super oh, excited. I'm, I'm fascinated to find out what that constipated look was all about. Yeah, oh. Well, I mean, it's Edward Cullen, so... Well, mm-hmm. I, yeah, well a yeah. bit of fan service there. A little bit of fan service. Yeah. So where can people go to get these fantastic fan fiction audiobooks? Oh, that's hearable.com. You can get uh, all of the latest fan fictions and I believe some of, even some of the classics have recently oh, been read is out. Is My Immortal on there? My Immortal I believe was actually one of their first. It's uh, it's actually been read by three different uh, actors so if you really want to hear like the greatest hits of that I, I believe that's available up there. So every month for just uh, $29.99 you will get one credit that gives you a, a chance to here, up to an hour's worth of fan fiction. And Ooh. you can also purchase a different additional credits. And you'll also get a free copy of a, a, a shorter story to keep for, for, for all time. Even if you stop paying the subscription, you will get to keep that one as your very own. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Once again, that's hearable. Click on the microphone and go, please, quips, please. That's the code. That is the code. I'm excited. I've I've been listening to one recently, and I'm I'm really, really digging it. I mean, the the way Gandalf and Jesus saved that dragon just and the f- I particularly like the fact that it was self insert as well. Oh, I, I love it when the author really gets involved. Oh, see, my favorite, my favorite on the service is that uh, SpongeBob fan fiction mm-hmm. by uh, user Matt Damon's hot dog. Oh, it's it's a proper good one. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Welcome, welcome. Time for another meeting. Time hi, for another hi. meeting. Um, so I, I've been thinking about ways we can get money out of our uh, customers, and sure, I've, sure. I've got this brand new idea. So nice. uh, we're gonna, we're going to take a video game mm-hmm. that will, you know, the digital video game. You can just get it, get everything. You, sure, how sure. video games happen. Yeah, we're going to fleece money out of the most loyal, excited customers possible. Like, we're not going to fleece the people that don't care about the game. We're going to fleece sure. the people that that love this game. So here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If, if we, we we offer, like, a like a physical uh, statue yeah. that, you know, is going to be a collectible. It's a thing that people want. It's a thing that, like, the hardcore fans are going to want. Mm-hmm. And nice. then we only give those people, like, half of the game. What? Half? I mean, that seems... Seems a bit much. Okay, we give them like a. We let them get like two planets in out of the seven. Yeah. It's just like a ballpark figure. Yeah. And like, you know, they'll start the game and it will be fine. And they'll be yeah. like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine that I didn't get these extra things. And then we're like, no, <laughs> you gotta buy a bunch more shit because you bought. You were a fool. You were a fool to buy the version that came with the statue. We're gonna fucking milk you for all the money you're worth. Nice. I love it when we can milk as much money as possible out of these. Uh, uh, what are they? The cash babies. The uh, uh, customers. Customers. That was it. Yeah. Exactly. Because like the people that are gonna spend more money on the initial game, they're the people that we can squeeze. You're a fucking genius. Exactly. They're the people we can squeeze. We punish them for buying the better version of the game. I mean, the suckers who pre-ordered it are going to stand up for us anyway. I mean, they're they're just just cattle to us. Ah, oh, brilliant. I think this has been a fucking successful meeting. Yeah, always is, as long as we're fleecing our customers. <laughs> what have you listened to?
What did I listen to? I got very excited this week. I got to listen to a new Gerard Way song. Uh, Baby, You're a Haunted House by Gerard Way. Um, <laughs> have you... What? Are you confused by this title, Baby, You're a Haunted House? Um, I mean, uh, I've... I've... I've been described as a firework, but never a haunted house. <laughs> so the general like theme of the song is basically like using a haunted house as a metaphor to be like, ah, you're, you're like from the outside you seem a, you seem like you might be a little a little scary, a little spooky, but you know you get behind it all. It's like actually this is this beautiful. This is a beautiful beautiful little thing that uh, is is not necessarily as scary as it seems when you when you have a bit of a closer look. It's it's a lovely little track. Um, it it definitely was like it got me in the Halloween spirit a bit. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a good, slightly spooky song. It was a good tune. Yeah, it's got it's got a good, it's got a really nice beat to it. It's um much like everything on Jared Way's uh, Hesitant Alien album. It's very sort of it it's got some like late eighties guitar sounds nice. to it. It's got it definitely sounds like it could be an older track than it is. Um, yeah, it's just like a nice, upbeat, kind of poppy, uh, guitar-led track about uh, the, the, the spooky time of year. Mm. So I quite enjoyed that. I, I I was excited for more Gerard Way. Nice. <laughs> Even if in the video he's, he's, he's wasted, he's hidden behind a, the full-face skeleton mask. I couldn't see his pretty face. Well, he just wanted to be spooky. He wanted to be spoopy. Doot, doot. Do do. Uh, what about you? What have you listened to? Uh, well, apparently, <gasps> um, sound, uh, sound thing, SoundCloud. No, the other one. Sound Spotify. Spotify. I'll get there in the end. It's been a long week. Yeah. Already. It's been also, the cl- the clock's changing is really fucked with my brain. Yeah. Not being <laughs> at work on Monday this week and starting on a Tuesday. Th- has thrown me as well. You've asked me about three times. What yeah, I can be like, is it, is it Tuesday? Because yeah. it's my first... Is it Crubs Day? It's my Tuesday? first day of the work week. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. What did Spotify do for you this week? Um, Spotify has decided that I should be listening to s- slightly aggressive covers <laughs> of old tracks. Okay. What what kind of tracks? So, I the, the first one in this week's, this week's recommended tracks was Word Up... As performed by Korn. <laughs> like, That's beautiful. Like, I mean, I've heard some covers of that track. I don't think I've ever deliberately listened to Korn. I mean, I didn't deliberately listen to them today. They just happened to be in the playlist. I, I deliberately listened to some Korn in I my life. I might have done. I just can't. I couldn't name you a single contract <laughs> that isn't word up. And that's not even theirs. <laughs> that, that's a weird only Korn song to know. <laughs> exactly. And let me, like, straight after that, uh, or, like, a, a couple down from that, I had um, Somebody's Watching Me by Warmen. Right. <laughs> I've never encountered Warmen before either. I don't know if that's a no. I'm not. I'm. I'm guessing they're another angry band. Um. I mean, it's. It, they, you got. I got the impression that they were somewhat on the angry scale. <laughs> so it was a bit like, oh, okay, okay. Um. And then I ended up listening to Schools Out as performed by Qua. Nice. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Slightly more heavy covers of old tracks. I, I don't know what happened there. Um, what about you? What else have you shoved in your ears? Uh, I've been listening to some uh, some some J-pop and K-pop Ooh. this uh, this week. I've nice. been 
I've been listening to some tracks, and I'm suddenly being like, I should probably check what the translated lyrics oh. are. Just because the, the, the tunes are really good, and I don't really know what's being said. So, uh, yeah. one, one of them is a track called uh, Bumbaya by an artist called Blackpink. Um, it's Those got are a, two of my favorite covers. It's, it's got a really nice, like, electro beat driving it. Like, nice. It's got just this nice electro beat driving it And like a kind of almost slightly rappish but melodic uh, vocal line But a, a, a femme vocalist over it okay. It's a really nice sort of like get up and dance kind of track um, I'm having a quick look at the lyrics Being a bad girl, I know I am And I'm so hot, I need a fan I don't want a boy, I need a man Um it, it seems to be a very sort of girl powery, like, yeah, raise your glass, a toast to me now. Yeah, it's, it's very sort of, I am on the dance floor, look at me, I'm, I'm pretty great, I, good, good, I love this vibe. Bumbaya, lots of bumbaya. Bumbaya, yeah, this just seems, this seems to just be a very confident, like, hey, I'm gonna fucking live my life, I'm, I'm pretty great, let, let me live my life and don't get in my way, whoop whoop. Sort of dance track. Nice. Yeah, what, about, you, what about you? Oh, so what else you got? Oh, well. You've largely done me. I did three in one. Uh, go, have you got one more? Because that gives me time to look up the, the English translated lyrics to my other ah. not in English track. Oh, I see. It's <laughs> not like I'm just vamping for time as well. Anthem by Aggressive uh, Adhesive Wombat. Uh, it's an instrumental track. Um, starts off slightly electro-y and it's got some really nice grindy, grindy guitars. Um, I've not had a chance to look up any of these artists this week, so I apologise if there is any potential ducking of milkshakes. I know Guar's problematic. <laughs> yeah, they. I I believe they're a little bit. <laughs> a little. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was an edgy fuck of a teenager, but. Um. Yeah. I haven't given them any money in a very long time, so I don't feel quite so bad about them. What about the fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny they got from your Spotify listen? I didn't play, listen to that on Spotify. Uh, I thought it came up on your... Um, no, the other two came up on my Spotify, I listened to that one on YouTube. Ah, uh, that's... that. Well, well done. Uh, right, so the other one I have listened to this week is uh, a track called... Lavoratory with many many R's at the end, uh, by a band called Reol R E O L. Okay. Uh, which I'm just discovering might be a vocal. Yeah, that it's a it's a, a vocaloid. vocaloid. It's a vocaloid. <laughs> it's one of them vocaloids. It looks like glitter force. <laughs> it does look a little bit glitter force. <laughs> um. So for anyone unaware, vocaloid is basically a program that like it's not a real human singing. You make. You make a computer do the singing. Like Puppy Cat. Yeah. Uh, so this one is another, like, very, like, dancey with a bit of... A little bit of rock under undertone to it, but it's a sort of dancey, rockish track that, lyrically, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. It basically seems to be a woman uh, who is... Like, hey, I know what I want, and I'm not going to take no shit from you. With lyrics such as... I'll use my feminine charms and take you down, bitch. It's it it is a very bouncy track that I was just like, mm, I am having a good bop to this. So yeah, that's everything I've listened to. I think that's everything I've listened to. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Ooh. 
Looking for something for the kids for Christmas? Why not try My Little Antifa? Brush their hair. Dress them up. Comes with everything you need to design and make your own placards and a guide to dealing with the police. Squeeze their hand to hear one of six protest chants. Ooh, streets! Ah, streets! Ooh, streets! Ah, streets! Fascist yellow jacket enforcers sold separately. Available at all good anarchist bookstores. Collect all eight. Parliament today. And now over to the sports news with Bloodthirst Skullcrusher and Grilmhelm Deathmore. Basic stock crush their opponents 34 to 19. The lamentations of the defeated rank hollow against the walls of their locker room. Spare no pity for these worms. Indeed, they should be flayed as a warning to all who come after. Meanwhile, Southampton rose to glorious victory against the pathetic worms of Brothshire West. Their fate was sealed when Singh scored 16 in the first half. Truly, he will drink the blood of the gods in celebration of this day. And now, over to the weather. Hello. Question time. It's time for questions. What's the questions? Um, Solaris United, which I believe is a Warframe reference. Ew. Um, how many Loras can a Jane give love to? Well, um, I would say my max effective partner capacity is two or three. <laughs> um, uh, but if they were all Laura Kates, I, I think, I think it'd probably just have to be one, because I don't know how well you would get on with another you. You don't reckon I'd get on well with another me? I, I don't know how well you would get on, on with another... You would get on with another you. I think I would get on fine with another me if we had, like, another office space for the other me so that, like, we didn't have to share space, like, throughout the day. Okay. And we just... In social time, I think I'd get on fine with another me. How would you feel about me sleeping with another you? <laughs> Hey, if it's making you happy and we talk about consent about it first, like it's it's another me. I'm well, not I mean, gonna, obviously, I'm not gonna get jealous. It's like, well, it's, it's a me. It's, it's all right. <laughs> you can sleep with my clones as much as you like. Yay! Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, brain stop, please, please stop. Are you just imagining multiple of me in bed mm-hmm. now? You do have very good butt. <laughs> multiple very good butt. Not as good as yours. I beg to differ, you are the Baroness of Butts. Becky Two here would like to know, um, which of you wins a bunny sword fight? A bunny ear sword fight? Um, I think you should feel um, that I think... Who would win a bunny ear sword fight that I think you should have? For science! Um, I think you would win, because if you were losing, you just have to give me a look, and I'd be like, oh, okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the look TM the, the look TM I don't know you, Maybe you can hear the look it's... <laughs> Yeah you can hear that look <laughs> but, uh, Yeah I think if I was in danger of winning I think you'd just give the look and, and... I, think I, I know I think I would be fair Otherwise what's the point of playing <laughs> <laughs> But I might ask for best of three Okay <laughs> No but I think Yeah let's, let's not use the bad thing Um <laughs> Uh, um, have you heard of Mobile Frame Zero, the Lego-based anti-fascist tabletop mech battle game? No, but it sounds amazing, and I think we need to Google it as soon as we're done here. I, I did have a little, a brief Google today, uh, and look at it. Apparently, like it's, 
a tabletop wargaming, but you build everything out of Lego blocks or similar, including the scenery and your mechs. Ha! Huh. Um, I didn't really have a chance to look into you, the rules you and stuff. You use mechs to fight fascism. I, I didn't find the fascist bit. I just found cool Lego mechs. Lego even if it's just cool Lego mechs I'm on board, I'm even more on board if I get to use the cool Lego mechs to fight fascism. They're quite small Lego mechs. Like, I, I would be curious to see... I mean, I've probably got everything I would need to make something like that, and I would be interested to know more about that system. So I, I will probably do more Googling. Haven't heard of it before. It sounds bloody cool. Yeah. We've got a butt-ton of Lego. We need to research this. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, uh, Luna, boop, scared you. Ah, uh, big spoon or little spoon? Little spoon. Ambi spoon. A little spoon. You are an excellent little spoon. We I, fit I together. Can, I can nicely. be a big spoon when required. You do. You make an excellent jetpack there. <laughs> um, I, I am more naturally a little spoon. You are more naturally a little spoon. I am more naturally a big spoon. But sometimes it is nice to be also a little spoon. Indeed. So I am Ambi spoonstress. <laughs> I would say that the difference between Big Spoon and Little Spoon is just a matter of everyone rolling 180 degrees. <laughs> um, and, and I think that everyone should get a chance in life to be Little Spoon occasionally. Indeed, yeah. you're six foot two, you don't get many options to be Little Spoon. Well, you can be Little Spoon whenever you like. Um, Saldera would like to know, uh, do you ever find yourself uh, throwing creators under the proverbial bus for problematic content? Are you able to enjoy problematic media without uh, feeling a bit of a hypocrite, even when you acknowledge the problems in said media? And is it possible to separate creator from creation? Mm. A lot of complicated questions there. Like, I think my general answer to this, like, rather than answering them specifically, I will say, when you are a member of a minority group, you have to learn to deal with a certain amount of shit from creators, because... If you if you write off every creator that is not a fan of the group you are in, you very quickly run out of pieces of media you can engage with, which is kind of shitty. Um, there's a certain threshold, I think, of like how shitty can a thing be before I write it off. Um, I I think for me, my personal line tends to be: I don't want to give money to someone who has been convicted of a crime against, like, of a certain nature. Like, if someone is convicted of sex crimes, for example, I don't want to put any money into their pocket. If I know that a creator uses their money to fund um, bigoted groups, uh, an example of this would be uh, the author of Ready... Uh, Ready Player One. Um, um, no, no um, um, you know what I'm thinking of. Uh, Ender's this, Game. Ender's Game. Uh, Orson Scott Card, yeah. I will never spend money on anything Orson Scott Card related because that is a man who actively uses his money to support homophobic uh, institutions. Like, I won't put money into anyone's pockets if it's going to be used to further bigotry. If the person has been convicted of a bigoted crime or some kind of, you know, crime in that whole wheelhouse, um, generally, I will boycott creators that, like, I find their actions abhorrent, but occasionally I will, and I admit this, occasionally I will go, that person has really shitty attitudes, but I don't want to lose this thing that I like. Have you got an example? Uh, like, okay, 
good example recently. Um, and like this is the best example I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Niantic recently partnered for an uh. event in America with um, Autism Speaks, which Ooh. is a really shitty organization that like very little of their money goes to helping people on the autism spectrum. Uh, they they only have ever had one person in a like management role who had autism, and within two weeks they quit because they were like, "Oh no, this shit's fucked." Um, and they advocate for a lot of really shitty things, like, "Hey, what if we electrocute autistic kids every time that they display symptoms of autism?" So that they stop. It's not curing the the experience of having autistic spectrum conditions. It's basically just going, you'd better fucking hide that shit or you're going to get electrocuted. Fucking torture that shit. And like, I am not happy to support that organisation. And there were people who were calling on me to be like, you should probably boycott Pokemon Go. And my reasoning was like, look... Pokemon Go is a thing that I use as a coping mechanism when I'm out and about. It's it can be really useful as a covert stimming tool, as something to do that doesn't draw attention that I'm stimming. I'm not directly putting money into Autism Speaks hands because um, it's very specifically an event somewhere in America that if you go and do this Pokemon Go event at this place, it's supporting Autism Speaks, which I'm not doing. But I'm aware that I'm still engaging with a product that is engaging with a brand that I don't agree with. Mm. So, like, sometimes I will have situations like that where I'm like, I don't agree with this, and I would like to, on a principle go, I won't interact with this. But I call them out on it. Yeah, I called them out on it, but, like, I've not stopped playing Pokemon Go, because I'm like, you know what? I... I... I don't want to lose that coping mechanism, even if the people behind it have done something shitty and mm. have refused to listen to people's complaints about them doing something shitty. But yeah, it's complicated. I don't always make the like the choice that on paper I would like to say is the the choice that I should necessarily make. Mm. But I think it just boils down to I try and not put money into places where I don't support the creators. I find it difficult to separate the the bad creators from their creations hmm. but a certain at a certain point i have to draw a line and go i can't give up everything that i like that is connected to shitty people because there's a lot of things that bring me real joy that i would be losing that like there's so many shitty people doing so many shitty things in the world that i I can't deny myself all of them. Mm. And, like, that's just me trying to be honest about it. Yeah, I've been thinking, and I think it's most important that you are honest. Yeah. Um, I struggle a bit more, like, uh, because I'm always thinking about everything anyway, generally speaking. Like, I, like, with the, oh, what was that show? Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, yeah. Like, I watched it, and I watched it, and I watched it, and then I did a little bit of research, and then I was like, well, you know, I'm no one's getting any money out of this. It's like a 20-year-old show. You know, no one's no one's getting anything out of this at this point. But I still ended up not really watching any more of it. I think I watched maybe one more episode, and then I went, no, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like... Uh, I grew up listening to Guar, so I think it's a bit of a, a 
sort of songs of my childhood thing or sound yeah. of my childhood thing. Like, there are lots of problematic songs. Yeah. I tend to listen to them less than some of the others now. It's weird. I've, like, flipped around on, on which songs I would uh, I yeah. would prefer to listen to. Like, I appreciate more of the, <laughs> that's a really good tune, as opposed to, haha, they said edgy thing. Yeah. Like, there are some bands that, like, the things they did, I'm like, I am so opposed to this that I will just drop you right here and now. Mm. Lost Prophets, great fucking example. I have not heard a Lost Prophets song in a decade or more because their lead singer is a convicted paedophile that used his fame to like get women who were fans of his to hand over their children to him. Like that's the thing where I'm like that definitely happened, and I do not fucking want to ever go anything anywhere near that. Even mm. though I fucking loved their music at one point, I I think mean, I I didn't. I'm not aware of any lost profits that I was ever listening to, so I don't really feel like I've anything missed out on. But that is very much the sort of thing where, if I'm aware that that is the case, yeah, I will very much go no. Um, and sometimes even if if. Like, there is the suspicion of that to enough of a yeah. degree. Like, I was posting about, uh, or I was sharing Professor Elemental tracks on my Facebook yeah. a while back, and someone went, hey, I don't know if you know this, but there's been some really shitty things about that person. And I'm like, where? Like, I I've not, I mean, I, I'm not big on the fandom, but I have bought albums, so what do? They couldn't send me any links. I couldn't find anything when I Googled myself. But that has sort of made me sort of step back from it. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm probably a bit easier to go. Like, I won't do it anymore. And that does mean that I spend a lot of time going, oh, I can't enjoy that. I can't enjoy that yeah. anymore. And it's shit. But I suppose more often it then makes me think I want to make something that it, I, I will spend more efforts making something. But yeah. I would listen to rather than listening to other people make things. Well, that's, that's I'm getting older. Like, I want to create things. I, I would rather like wherever I have the option. I would rather switch to something that isn't created by a shitty person. Yeah. And there are definitely like firm lines where I'm like, that is a line, and I will not accept it. Some of it is like, uh, this person said one shitty thing about trans people on Twitter, and that really sucks but also like uh, I really I was really enjoying that thing and I will it's 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 tough and it's complicated and I try my best to to draw those lines in reasonable ways and it's it sucks that so many people are shitty and there are yeah. so many things that like I enjoy and then have to go oh I'm not allowed to enjoy that anymore I or was... I can't let myself enjoy that anymore. That sucks. I, after the summer we had, I was really starting to get into Dead Mouse because we listened to that yeah. one mix so mm. often. And then there was that anti-trans post yeah. like Dead... a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, Dead Mouse, oh, Dead Mouse is fuck. one that I've gone like, uh, no. And we have a friend who still listens to Dead Mouse, and I'm not going to judge them for that, but equally, like for me, it's just... At this point, he's yeah. got the mix. He's not paying any more to play it again. Yeah, so... Exactly. And it's just, like, the one thing that I'm denying myself for that Dead Mouse thing is, like, uh, that one song he did with Gerard Way, uh, Professional Griefers, not going to listen to that anymore. But, to be fair, it was never my favourite thing that Gerard Way did, mm. so... It's, it's alright. Sigh. Sigh. Um, A lot of creators are shitty. It's true. 
Let's hope this one's a bit more positive, shall we? Um, Kelgood would like to know, do you ever get used to hearing your old name? Um, n no. I still... I'll put it this way. If I hear my, my pre-transition name mentioned, I will always kind of jump and assume it's directed at me mm -hmm. and have the sort of tense up and freeze of like, Oh wait, is that me? Is someone is someone dead naming me? No, okay, okay, that's fine. And I'll mm. sort of relax down. That's still not gone away. Yeah. Um I will occasionally share my my dead name in with people I trust in mm. and like I'm not so bothered doing that anymore. Um yeah. like for example, this weekend while I was at MCM, I was having drunken drunken chats with mm. uh my nerd friends, and we were having discussions of of names and mm. I mentioned my pre-transition name um, because it was stupidly lengthy, and yeah, it was the thing where I was like, in that context, I know they're never gonna fucking use it. I didn't mind bringing it up, but I still fucking tense up yeah. if it's used in any context, even if it's not directed at me. Hmm. I've got a... Mine's very circumstantial. Like, the other day I was, like, walking down the street and I heard someone scream my dead name. Yeah, like... like it, in the distance. If it sounds like someone at a distance might be trying to catch my attention. Yeah, I think that's, like, a, like an all, almost automatic response. And I, I almost turned and I was, like... I, I was really <laughs> angry at myself afterwards for being, like, oh... Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> yeah, you know where it always gets me? It's it's parents trying yep. to get the attention of their yep. kids in shops. That's I where it always gets it was. me. Like, I'm in a fucking Primark or something, and some person will try and get the attention of their child that shares my dead name, Yeah, and I will go, oh, no, who has recognised me from my old life? <laughs> yes, and just started to be <laughs> shitty about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but if I am involved in a conversation and someone says, oh, have you... Spoken to Oh yeah, no, that's dead name. Yeah. Like that's fine. Yeah, no, if I if I know from the context it's not about me, that's it's it's if I don't know the context and it might yep. be someone shouting it to me, yep. I uh. Or sometimes like if I'm if I'm a place where people know know me and some people have known me for a while and we might have mutual friends that knew me pre transition. Yeah. Um and I hear sort of someone like maybe muttering it or whispering it. Yeah, it's if it's a case of like it comes up once because someone's like, "Oh, that is that," but yeah, that is that 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 yeah. person. Like that's yeah. If it comes up once and it's not said directly mm -hmm. at me, that's a different thing. Yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore when people online try and be shitty by using it because my my dead name is out there. I've been yeah. I've I've been doxxed enough times that like my dead name is out there, mm. but like. Yeah, people throw it around now, and I'm just like, oh, that's that's the best you could do is is be like, ah, oh, oh, I googled, I found out your old net. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, yeah, no, like there are far worse things people could do than than throw my old name around. I'm like, ah, oh, you did a you did a basic Google. Well done, yeah. you. I'm I'm very shook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> the the closest I've had to that uh, to sort of being doxxed is that I had. Uh, my former flatmate turned up to her work. I might have even told this story on the show before. Turned up to her work where mutual friends uh, who who didn't know me pre-transition yeah. with her laptop and went, do you want to see some pictures of Jane before she was Jane? And this is her dead name and oh, blah, blah, that's... blah. I'm like, 
And and the, the other person was like, no, I don't need to know that. It's fine. I'm busy. I'm at work. <laughs> yeah, that's really And then she showed shitty. this person anyway. And I was like, yeah. um... Yeah. No, don't do that. No, that's yeah. not cool. You're kind of a dick. Yeah. But no, it doesn't phase me online anymore. The thing that gets me is when people shout it and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, was that at me? Ah. Yeah. And it never is. It's it's very much contextual. Like, the so. one time I, I bumped into someone who hadn't seen me since... Uh, since pre-transition, they were very, they were very respectfully cagey. They were like, so, did you used to be in a band in this town and play the drum? I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's me. Don't, don't worry about it. It me. It me. Hi, I, Laura. Hi, I, Laura now. <laughs> yeah, have we got any more questions? That's all the questions. <gasps> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Bro, 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 show just as warriors. Hello, Larry. Hello, Barry. How are you doing? Well, uh, I'm, honestly, mate, I'm fe- I'm feeling really genuinely defeated right now. We 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 don't have these chats, and we tend to talk about like one issue. We talk about like one issue of the week, and yeah, I think the problem this week is. It's really hit home that the one issue we have is actually a collection of issues. It is the fact that fascism is fucking back and it's very demonstrably back and that's yeah. quite a fucking terrifying thing to think about. Yeah. It's like the week that we were having this conversation, what have we had happen? We've had uh, we've had synagogues shot up, like we we had like a, a woman who survived the Holocaust got murdered by a Nazi white supremacist type this week. Yep. We had we had left leaning politicians in America being sent fucking pipe bombs, pipe bombs in the yeah. post. Like it's like, this isn't a joke. Brazil have elected a, a fascist yeah. who has been Brazil- going round schools having them remove any uh, education about fascism and, and yeah. anyone that was too left leaning. Brazil was not doing great to start with. It had, you know, one of the highest rates of uh, trans people being murdered in the world. Well, they say that in Brazil, trans people don't get old because they never get to live that long, which is really fucking depressing. It's really fucking depressing. And, like, we're just seeing more and more of this shit, like, bubbling right to the surface. Yeah. Like, fucking the shit we saw. You know, in the UK, this week, they announced a new 50p coin that has, like, all the countries of the world unite written on it. And that's just fucking ridiculous, because... It's it's, quite the opposite of what they're playing. Yeah, exactly. It's we're leaving a bunch of countries and getting a coin that says, oh, uniting the country. What even is that? Like, what even is... The world has gone beyond parody right now. Uh, I mean, and it feels to me like the people that are the staunchest defenders of this are the same people that would be like, oh, yeah, you know, my, my granddad fought in the war, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, he fought against twats like you. Yeah, no, he fought... No, <laughs> you, you people who fought in the war were fighting against fascism generally, and it's fucking returned, and it's terrifying how little people seem to fucking care. There seems to be a, a general sense of apathy about it, or, you know, not wanting to rock the boat, or these centrists that want to hear both sides. There yeah. aren't two sides to fascism. There is, you're a fascist... Or you're going to be murdered by fascists. Well, look, here's, here's the thing that's, like, terrifying, is 
you like to think before you know before you see fascism rise in the world, but like go back a decade or so. I think most people would have thought like when fascism happens again, we'll know it. We'll know it when we see it. We'll fucking get in the streets and we'll stop it. And we're seeing people die. And people still can't see the wood for the trees. That fucking fascism is back in its killing people. Absolutely. And and it, it seems like they can't ever see terrorism from white people. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like, that, that person... Like, those two stories we mentioned, the synagogue shooting and the, you know, the, the, uh, the pipe bombs in the mail, neither of those people was described as a terrorist. Because... White people, white people aren't terrorists, except they they fucking are though. Like predominantly, the terrorists yeah. are white people. No, I believe it's, it's something like um, sixty to seventy percent of uh, terror attacks in in uh, America are conservative white men. To be fair, a lot of terrorist attacks around the world are conservative white men. Yeah, well, that is just true. Some it, of them that, happen to be in an officially formed military taking over bits of the world yeah. or, you know, occupying bits of the world. It's, it, it, here's the thing. The world has a problem with, with just angry conservative white men that are fucking willing to kill people to, to not hand over even the slightest inch to not even give a fucking inch to anyone else in the world. And it's no. fucking terrifying. And and we need a certain level of unity at this point. We need, you know, d- d- everything is really fractured. People stepping on each other's toes. We need queer people and people of colour and trans people and disabled people to do whatever they can, really. But, you know what? And encourage people who are... You know, reasonable, decent people that are around them, and just go. You have the power. Can you not see what is being done to us? We are several steps along the way to fascism. I think. I think the thing that's. uh, I don't know how we solve this. Is the the problem is that they're attacking so many groups at once that it makes it difficult to rally all these groups together because every group is panicking about the problems against their group because they're very real problems that are coming yeah. up like it's it's very difficult to to de- like for example for trans people there's so much shit being thrown at you already like to to get on top of all that and to fight for your rights on that and then also that same number of problems for like a number of other groups yeah it's it's very difficult to have enough left of yourself to go, yes, and and that problem, and that problem. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know how, how you get around that, because... It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. It's... It, it's I, Honestly, it's been wearing me down. I try to do everything I can. You know, I, I share the information. I will sign petitions. If if I can, I'll try and get out to, 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 to more direct stuff. But like then there's also the fact that I have my own mental health problems that sometimes yeah. makes it difficult to go and do more direct things. Yeah, exactly. But like, I think that there is going to come a time when whatever else we have to stand together against this rising tide of fascism. It's happening now. We need to find a way to do it. But I don't know what what that mobilising moment is going to be I that don't know. gets it to happen. But, I, but looking at stories in the paper today of 
a, a child in Glasgow stealing ketchup packets from school oh. to make soup because they didn't have any food. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the rich white people uh, uh, stamping down on on the the working class in general. But it seems like they have a particular disdain for Scotland, and it's no wonder like so mm. many of them are talking about like a second referendum. We're we're in late deep late stage capitalism with fascism rising and the planet fucking dying. That sounds like the worst astrological results ever. Yeah, and it's, I don't even know what to do at this point. No, I don't either. But I am I am surprised every day that something major isn't happening. Yeah, I think I think I need this hug more than more than most. Yes, please. It, right now, all I feel like I can do is just. It gets worse oh. every week. And I don't know what oh. to do. Just hold all the people you care about close. Yeah, yeah. Care for the people, you, everyone close to you, and, and try and make everyone around you's day a little bit better. You know, try and be a force for good as much as you can, but, you know, yeah. obviously look after yourselves. And, and you know, I, well, I did mention that, you know, in, we need to include. Uh, disabled people in in the action and 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 rally behind them. I'm not suggesting that disabled people sh- should be the ones necessarily on the front line. I am always very happy when I, I I see disabled people at protests, but at the same time, I understand that is not something that everyone is capable of, and well, I am not putting anyone down who can't. Exactly, like it's it's everyone's got to help in the ways they can. Yes. Like, for for example, I you know I sometimes struggle with the with protests because of all the noise and the chaos that can go on, and yeah. that can be a problem for me, particularly when it's angry noise and chaos. Yes. That can be quite difficult for me to handle. But like you know, you bear you bear your own individual issues in mind, and you 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 help where you can, and you care about people wherever you can, and you just try and put more love in the world. And direct anger when when you can and when it's needed and and it is needed right now. yeah but you <sighs> know do we can look after yourself but try and look after other people too yeah and um, and a lot of people are having a very hard time right now and if you are not directly involved in that if you can look after people who are then you know please do because the yeah. world needs the world really needs you right now. The world really needs a bit of empathy and a bit of defiance. Peace, love, unity, respect. And the willingness to go fuck you occasionally. Yeah. Oh, should we get out that cup of tea? Yeah. I could do with it. Yeah. So. <gasps> Laura! Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can find me in a book, in a couple of books. Oh, pardon me, I did a burp. Your pardon. Uh, you can find my books. Uh, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is on Unbound. At the time of recording this, we're like 57%, I think, funded. Beep, beep, beep. Which is like, we're over halfway. It's fab. Um, yeah, I'm excited we, we, for my copy. Indeed. Uh, we're working hard on that. The uh, the artist is like cracking on starting this weekend with like getting the art done. Um, I've got to get them a provisional list of stuff tonight. Uh, so yeah, check that out on Unbound. Throw some money at it if you fancy. We just added a couple more, um, a couple more of the pick a butt tier where you can pay to 
tell me a butt and I will review that butt and your name will go next to it and go, this person, this person told me to review this butt, so I reviewed it and your name will be in the book there. Pick your nose, um, but you probably shouldn't pick your butt. You shouldn't pick your butt. You should pay to pick a butt in my book. Uh, other than that, my my memoir, Uncomfortable Labels, is coming out in July 2019. I'm just going to keep going on about that. You can find it in online retailers in many parts of the world. As much as we don't like Amazon, Amazon is the one that has like it in the most countries currently. Book depository. Yeah, that that's one in the UK. Yeah. Um, apparently. Apparently, there's going to be a copy in the Library of Congress. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that just happens with every book that gets like a published ISBN number in America or something, Ooh. but apparently, like, I looked up, what libraries is this book in? It's like, Library of Congress has got to have it. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Other than that, Dice Funk, it's a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, and five. Uh, they're all self-contained stories, jump in wherever. If you jump into season three, I don't show up straight away, but I will appear. Uh, I'm on kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. I think... Oh, Paranormal. Episode two of Paranormal. Uh, Paranormal is on itch.io. Ooh. It's available for pay what you want. Uh, all the money goes to Tess Young, who is the developer, who is wonderful and lovely and really good at depictions of mental health stuff. So... Go check that out. It's it's an episodic choose your own adventure thing, and the first two bits of it are out. Peep, peep, peep. What about you? Where are you on the internet? I'm at StarMonkeyRadio.blog, where you can read all of my thoughts about MCM and all of my thoughts about Starlink and a few other things I've written about recently. You can head over to StarMonkeyRadio.blog for that. Also, I am uh, Janius Eris Magnet on SoundCloud, where you might be listening to this now. I am on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac, and I think that's just about everything. So, <sighs> until next time, be a stranger. Antifa, my little Antifa. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>